0: He, he, the goodwill that he had with everybody, including Jerry Jones, who was yeah. maybe the last of them, uh, had eroded and was gone, uh, and, and including Goodell in that, by the way. Um, everybody wants him gone. So the question is whether the owners are going to have, I think, the will to get together and do something that's unprecedented if Snyder digs in and decides not to sell, and that's force him to sell.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. I'm your host, Andrew Brandt. That music you hear under us is from my son. I just spent up time on his birthday. Sam Brandt, musical producer. Our producer is Jack Connell. We are presented, as always, by DraftKings. And what a special podcast we have today. Seems like the latest in a series where I've had on Don Van Natta of ESPN on the same day a bombshell report breaks. Which he's covering. He has joined us regarding a Peeping Tom incident with the Dallas Cowboys. He's joined us two different times talking about the one and only Daniel Snyder, the owner of the Commanders, and he's back again. This morning breaks a story from Don on ESPN.com talking about secret loans of $55 million, talking about $10 million salary paid. By himself to himself, of Daniel Snyder, the owner of the Commanders, talking about a four and a half million dollar logo on the plane that he charged back to the team, talking about secret mediations from Commissioner Goodell. All of this going on once again with the Washington Commanders. The hits for Dan Snyder, Mr. Snyder, to you and I. Keep on coming, and I talk to you about this all the time. I'm a grown, I grew up there. I grew up basically a mile from Daniel Snyder. We're the same age. We, we went to different high schools. I don't know him, but it's just fascinating to see this once again. So I am bringing on Don. Don has wrote the story. Don has all the inside knowledge. And without further ado, from ESPN, author of this bombshell report this morning on ESPN.com, Don Van Don, we're here again. It seems like uh, this is a running series. I truly appreciate on the day that these great stories from you come out about the Washington Commanders and other teams before that. Uh, You joined me on the Business of Sports podcast. Always great to have you. And here we are again with a great story you had this morning. Welcome.
0: Thank you, Andrew. It's always great to be with you. Appreciate it.
1: Let's get right into it. Daniel Snyder, as I sort of introduced this, the hits keep coming for who I call Commander Dan. Now, he would swear me off because I didn't call him Mr. Snyder. I've got stories about that, which I've told before. But um, today, you report a lot of things that people hadn't seen before. And as we were talking before we came on, you got access to a lot of documents here. And before we get into any of the specifics, Talk about that and how much of a sort of a exciting thing it is for an investigative journalist like yourself that got these documents.
0: Yeah, as an investigative reporter, uh, anytime you can get confidential documents, it's gold. Uh, And as an investigative reporter covering the NFL, if you can get confidential arbitration documents, which almost never see the light of day, that's platinum. I mean, that's just uh, that's just something that's so important. And I was very fortunate to receive not only a copy of the 61 page arbitration petition that was filed by Dan Snyder's former three limited partners, but all of the ancillary uh, documents uh, that accompanied it, as well as some other material as well, that is uh, under a federal grand jury and is now in the hands of FBI agents and prosecutors in the Eastern District of Virginia. And uh, and this credit line that we'll talk about, this $55 million secret credit line that Snyder took out without the knowledge or the approval of his former three limited partners, is now a primary uh, area of inquiry uh, by prosecutors and the grand jury uh, in the Eastern District of Virginia.
1: Yeah, you know, there's so many tributaries here. You talk about the Eastern District of Virginia, the prosecutors there, of course, we've talked before at infinitum about the Beth Wilkinson report that never saw the light of day, an ongoing investigation from Mary Jo White, and of course, all the toxic uh, workplace stuff that went on for decades up until now. But let's talk about this. You talk about the documents coming from, is it a lawsuit by the three former partners who were brought out? Is it from an arbitration involving them? Because the, the source of this is... As people may or may not know, Snyder owns the whole team now because he bought out these three limited partners, Fred Smith, a guy named Rothman and Dwight Scharr. So is, are they their disputes really the source of everything that you saw?
0: Well, uh, there was a federal lawsuit that the three okay. limited partners filed uh, in Maryland and quite a bit of the material there was sealed and um, is unavailable. Uh, But but the document that I'm talking about was part of an NFL arbitration. So this is, okay, we're the limited partners, these three men, they're all billionaires. They have a lot of complaints with what's happening with Snyder's leadership of the team. And so they filed a 61-page petition. It's sort of like a lawsuit, but it's filed with the NFL. And it's behind closed doors. It was filed on June 26, 2020. And so that 61 page document with a lot of uh, supporting material attached to it is what I was okay. able to obtain. And so it's separate from a lawsuit. So I know lay people, it's hard to sort of distinguish between That's the true. two, but very rarely. And you know this, Andrew, from your days as an executive you know with the Packers. The NFL always wants any dispute between uh, a majority owner and their partners or any other sort of dispute, including, by the way, the, the John Gruden lawsuit in, right now going on in Nevada. They right. prefer these things to be handled by an arbitrator because it gets it out of federal court, out of state court. It's behind closed doors. And things like that were in this document that I reported on today stay secret. Uh, but I happen to obtain this and all this other information, which we reported on today, which I have to say is is rare and, and unique and, yes. and not easy to do, not easy to get.
1: So these partners lay out in what we're going to talk about all these allegations, charges, disputes, uh, <laughs> antagonisms with the owner, Daniel Snyder, and Let's talk about them. So th- this document, before we talk about them again, I'm trying to set this up. This was presented to the commissioner. Is that was, what this document was really
0: for? It was presented to Brad Carp. So Brad Carp is an NFL lawyer, and he was appointed by the commissioner to be the arbitrator to on decide this on this issue, to decide all of these disputes between Dan Snyder and the limited partners that the one of the partners, Fred Smith, felt like he was being blocked by Dan Snyder from selling his 10 percent stake in the team. And we can talk about that, yeah. about that allegation. But this got to an NFL arbitration process in the fall of 2020, in November and December. And so, yes, it's it's Brad Karp who works for the NFL, who's heading this up, who's going to decide these allegations and these issues. And then, as you know, we'll talk about it, it, it eventually got shut down once it got into this issue of this uh, this credit line and this loan that uh, the partners never knew about.
1: And again, CARP, as I understand it, is a lawyer not with the league like a Jeffrey Pash. He's with outside counsel of Covington and Burling.
0: He's he's an outside counsel uh who represents the NFL, Right. So he's an NFL outside lawyer. He's not Jeffrey Pash. Right. And, um, you know, he's a highly regarded white shoe lawyer who the NFL uses. And um, he was designated by the commissioner to head up, uh, you know, this, this dispute between Snyder and his three limited partners. And when he hears it,
1: how does it end up, with the commissioner after that.
0: So there's a moment in the arbitration and I have the actual document and the date on December 30th, 2020. So it's about six weeks into the arbitration, Andrew. The lawyers for the limited partners ask CARP to draw up a summons to Bank of America for the documentation that was provided by the team by Snyder and the commanders to Bank of America to obtain a $55 million credit line two years earlier. So they ask, hey, you're doing an investigation. It's your job, Mr. Carp, to get to the bottom of these issues. One okay. way to do that is to drop a summons, send it to Bank of America. There's the New Year's Eve, New Year's Day holiday. The first business day back, Carp writes an email to the lawyers and says, you know what, we're going to shut down this arbitration. I think it's better if we move it to mediation, mm-hmm. meaning there'll be no investigation, there'll be no summons, they will never get to the bottom of how Snyder was able to obtain that bank loan. And the next day, Jeffrey Pash, the general counsel of the NFL, writes to the lawyers and says, okay, let's do this mediation. And the mediation occurs, Andrew, the next week. Wow. It's a two-day mediation. It's very fast by NFL standards, from what I understand yeah. it. And the mediation's led by Roger Goodell, and Jeff Pash, and another lawyer, and then lawyers for Snyder, and the partners. And at that mediation, this is January 13th, 14th. It's done via Zoom. It's early 2021, so it's still at the height of COVID. The lawyers for the partners say, we'd like to talk about this bank loan that Dan Snyder took out. We're trying to get to the bottom of it. And they were told by Goodell and Pash, sources tell me, we're not interested in looking into that. That's not what this mediation's about. This mediation is only about trying to get a fair price, an equitable price for the 40% portion of the team that the limited partners own, that Snyder can buy you out. And that's all we're going to do. And so all this time later, we still don't know how Snyder was able to obtain that loan because I have documents and the story lays out very clearly that the bank was asking for the supporting documentation that they need. And I want to be really clear about this. Like anybody who's taken out a mortgage knows you got to give all sorts of documents, Right. right. To get a, to get a mortgage from a bank. Well, for Dan Snyder to take out a $55 million credit line, he needed something called a board resolution. It's a very simple document that says the board of directors of the team agreed approved his ability to get this $55 million credit line. Here's the problem with that. The three, members of the board are the limited partners. They didn't vote on it. They didn't even know about it. They didn't find out about it for 16 months in a footnote and a financial audit. Mm. So the question is whether in their minds, the partners based on the arbitration petition, whether a document had been fraudulently provided to the bank. And that's what they were asking the NFL to find out, Andrew. Right. And the NFL did not. And we have a source saying that the NFL had no interest in getting to the bottom of that question, which is now you know, pique the interest of prosecutors in the Eastern District of Virginia.
1: Back to Don in a minute with more on this bombshell report about Commander Dan Snyder. First, a word from Labatt Blue Light. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf, basically any sports and any day. It's a good time to have Labatt. If you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Light with your friends. Live Life to the power of we always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Back to Don Vanetta. Yeah, so I'm glad you got to this $55 million credit line. One party you haven't mentioned that I believe you did mention in the in the article. Where was Bank of America on this? I mean, how did how does he get this 50, 55 million dollar credit line without the supporting documents?
0: Right, that's a that's a that's a great question. So we've got all of the email traffic from the documents from Bank of America lawyers asking various top executives of the commanders, hey, we need this board resolution. We can't give you this loan until we get it. But then they give them, the Bank of America approves the $55 million credit line, apparently without the board resolution because three weeks later, they're still asking for it. Lawyers at the bank are still asking executives of the commanders three to four weeks later, hey, we still need that board resolution. And so and then we found a document in in, in all the materials that I have here where lawyers for Snyder say there never was a board resolution. Mm -hmm. So from the perspective, Andrew, of the partners, they just wanted the NFL and the arbitration to get to the bottom of this question because it's a very serious allegation they're making that either there was bank fraud or the bank looked the other way one or the other, and the only way to find out is to put that summons together that they asked for. And as I say, four days later, uh, the arbitration process ended and it went to mediation.
1: And so neither Brad Karp nor the commissioner in their arbitration got to the bottom of this $55 million. It just kind of disappeared, and the inquiry part of it.
0: The inquiry part of it ended when the partners agreed to go to mediation. I mean, my understanding is they were not pleased by that. But yes, they went to mediation. It was led by Goodell and Pash, as I said, the following week. And yes, there was never any uh, conclusion to that portion of the investigation. It basically ended. And and again, I want to make this really clear to your listeners. It was striking, Andrew, how quickly this occurred. I've had sources tell me that some of these arbitrations and mediations, you may know this, last year's. They go on and on and on. But in this particular case, the league moved with lightning quick speed to stop this investigation as soon as the limited partners lawyers ask in writing for something very simple, a summons to be drawn up to Bank of America to find out how Snyder was able to get a loan and a a credit line that from the perspective of the partners, they're 40 percent on the hook for that debt and it's important to put this in context the arbitration petition says that alleges that Snyder was using the team as his personal piggy bank yeah. that he was cash poor that he was inventing all sorts of creative ways of getting money out of the team and remember 40% 40 cents on every dollar of that that he's that he's slurping out of there as the partners allege is their money yes and so their their question for the NFL is, these are very, very serious allegations. Are you going to continue to allow Dan Snyder to be an owner? They actually ask in the petition, Andrew, it's in our story, for Goodell to take serious sanctions against yes. Snyder, to suspend him or to put the team in receivership. And as we know, none of those things happened. Of course. There was a, you know, what they view now, I'm sure the partners is a fire sale because they sold their 40% share of the team In the spring of 2021 for 875 million dollars, and now two years later, right? It's now worth 2.8 billion. If Snyder gets seven
1: valuation, yes, it's it's, it's seven
0: billion. Yeah, so that's two billion dollars less if they had held on for two more years, and you know, five or six hundred million dollars each, or six hundred and fifty million dollars each. You do the math. That'll get the attention even of a billionaire, right? Losing that kind of wealth. wealth, Yes. Yeah.
1: I want to get back to the personal piggy bank, which is fascinating, but also. I want to echo what you said, because I didn't do that strongly enough. To have a hearing in that speed, to move that swiftly, is so out of character for the NFL. I've seen it in my days as an executive. We'd have a little, not, not anything to this level, but say it was a hearing on uh, a fired employee, how much another team is paying them. It's not fair market value. We're paying the difference, an offset contract. I was dealing with employees we fired two years ago. And having a hearing with Jeff Pash or whoever he designated about something that happened two and a half years. I'm like, what? And then of course, we know the player side, you know, the whole Deshaun Watson, it took 17 months for discipline there. They haven't had any discipline on Alvin Kamara on something that happened 18 months ago. Same thing with Jameis Winston. It happened two years before the penalty. So again, you're so right. Uh, to have a hearing on that, which tells again, we're all speculating, but the NFL wanted to put this under a wrap pretty quick, right? And, and, and the, Snyder, I'm sure, wanted the money pretty quick.
0: That's right. And and, and, and the, 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 the other thing, to, thing too, to right. right? And the other thing too uh, that I think is important, I, and I don't want listeners to lose sight of this, is the actual 55 million dollar credit line was approved by Roger Goodell. With his signature, as you know, any debt limit, any debt increase by a franchise has to go through the NFL, has to usually go through the finance committee, and sometimes the full membership votes for it. I wasn't able to get a straight answer from the league on that about whether this even was an issue for the finance committee or not. But I have a document with Roger Goodell's signature on it. Mm. He approved the loan. I mean, the NFL sort of guarantees the money. So if Snyder doesn't pay back the $55 million, the league is on the hook for it as well. And they could just lop off $55 million from the next media payment, right? And, and get that money to Bank of America. So when you think of it that way, you think to yourself, well, maybe Bank of America did not require the board resolution, even though they asked for it repeatedly. I mean, I don't know the answer to that question. The documents that I have don't answer it, but I certainly think that, or I, I feel pretty confident it's going to be a question that's uh, you know aggressively being pursued and is being pursued, by the prosecutors in the Eastern District of Virginia
1: you talk about some of these personal expenses I mean what's what sort of gets the attention of people in your story was the logo on the on the back of his plane charged the team as an advertising expense and then as we know all of his expenses on the yacht and a party with Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones and Terry Pagula, I think you said in the south of France with the finest chefs in the world and the finest wine in the world, et cetera, et cetera. This was all charged back to the team. And is that in these documents as well?
0: Yes. All of it is laid out. Okay. Uh, so the so the partners do an investigation. And we should I want to make clear this as well. An important moment in the timeline is April of 2020. So April of 2020, the partners see in a footnote on a financial audit a mention of this $55 million credit line. That's the first they find out about it in a literally a footnote.
1: Was this audit implemented by them or was it an audit that was scheduled without, you know, just
0: normal? My understanding from the documents is it was an audit that was a regularly scheduled audit, but it was part of the due diligence that they were doing because they were looking to sell their 40%. So this is the first they find out about the $55 million credit line, and they confront Snyder and ask him about it. In fact, Rothman, Robert Rothman, one of the partners, says, you know, we haven't even had a board meeting in years, and you need the approval of the board. And we have the quote in our story where Snyder allegedly replies, what the F do I need a board meeting for, right? And that same month that they find in the footnote news of this $55 million credit line that they didn't know about. They also claim that a quarterly payment from Snyder is not made. So he's supposed to give them quarterly payments, pay them that, and they claim he did not do it that month. They also discover then in their own investigation, all these other expenses, you know, Andrew, that you point out that, that Snyder is charging back to the team. And the one that's really the most sort of stunning is the logo on the plane. So, So, you know, Snyder, according to the documents, paid himself $4.5 million. He called it an advertising fee for a tiny team logo on the tail of one of his planes. And as the partners say in the documents, what kind of advertising value can there be for a private jet that's sitting in private jetways here and there, right? Probably zero. Mm -hmm. Um, And from their perspective, from the partner's perspective, it's a cash, Snyder's cash poor, He has a very lavish, lavish lifestyle he's trying to finance, and he's using, according to the partners, their money to do that. And so, again, these are all allegations that are laid out in great detail to the NFL arbitrator and ultimately to Roger Goodell and Jeff Pash for something to happen, and no action was taken by the league on any of it.
1: I'm just struck by that thing, that comment you just made. And again, I'm not a high finance person, but how in God's green earth is Daniel Snyder cash poor. (laughs) He's got an asset worth six plus billion dollars. He gets a check from the NFL every year, 400 million ish.
0: 40% of it, 40% of it though, goes to the limited partners when he had them. Right. So you start doing the math. You look at the mansions he's bought, $50 million mansion in Virginia. I think he had two of them, the yachts that he's purchased. This is his only main asset. You know, a lot of owners, Jerry Jones, Stan Kroenke, they have a lot of other yeah. money As, other than the team, right? And so, um, and my understanding is, you know, he was in quite a bit of debt. Look, he needed a four, He needed the NFL owners to approve a four hundred and fifty million dollar loan in the spring of twenty twenty one to buy them out, right? to buy out his partners, right? And it, so, I've heard estimates of a billion dollars or more that Snyder owes. Bank of America, and of course, Bank of America is now leading. Uh, you know the the bidding process to to find a new owner. And it's almost like they're they're holding the mortgage, right? That Snyder <laughs> has, and they're going to take that money off the top of whatever amount Snyder ultimately gets when he sells the team.
1: And again, that fifty five million dollar loan, we don't know what it was for, but maybe it was to support this lavish lifestyle he leads.
0: That's what the partners allege. The okay. partners the partners say in the documents, we don't know what it's for either. We're as partners and we don't know. We didn't approve it. We had no knowledge of it. We'd like the NFL to, to figure that out. And as I keep saying, they didn't. Um, but no, we don't know what it's for or even how much of it was taken. There's some reference in the documents that it was more than $20 million, that not maybe every dollar of it was taken. This is from Snyder's side. But again, without a full audit, a forensic audit being done, you really don't know exactly how much that is. The bank knows and Snyder knows, but the partners didn't know, uh, at least based on the documents I've seen.
1: We talked about the dinners on the yacht, all the expenses with, like you said, his yachts, his houses. We talked about the four and a half million dollar logo. There was something you reported about a 10 million dollar salary basically paying himself
0: Yes. So the documents reveal that Snyder paid himself a $10 million annual salary. And there's language in the petition where the uh, partners, you know, uh, that their lawyers are writing on their behalf saying, look, we have no problem if Snyder has a lavish lifestyle. We just don't want him to use team funds to support it. Right. And, you know, not an unreasonable expectation by You know, three men who own 40% of a team, right? I mean, 40% of every, 40 cents on every dollar that's going out for any expense is their money. And again, you know, these are billionaires fighting and maybe, you know, most people won't really care about that, but it becomes an issue when the allegations are made as part of an NFL arbitration and the three billionaires are asking the NFL to investigate it, get to the bottom of it and are saying you may have a majority owner here was inappropriately spending our money. Um, and again, uh, it was not something that the league aggressively pursued.
1: So when we get this, we go back to the meeting with, with Goodell and Pash and others that really kind of buttoned this up, right, as we talked about right after it came out. Is the feeling from the three partners, former partners, that they were kind of shoved in to take this pricing and sell the team? or were they willingly doing that just to get away from this or, or what, what is their stance on obviously the price looks low now. I don't know where it was in 2021, but um, how are they feeling about that sale?
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know how they're feeling about it because I didn't, I didn't interview them. Uh, They, they, none of them returned any of my messages, emails. Uh, Their lawyers also didn't respond. Um, I mean, I can can tell you that we do have a piece of reporting, I think, um, that is interesting. And that is, so Fred Smith, the co-founder of FedEx, uh, highly regarded uh, person in the United States, who was one of Snyder's partners, Uh, he tried to sell the team. I want to talk a little bit about this, Andrew, first. He tried to sell the team, his portion of the team, 10% of the team in 2018. Snyder said, and he had a buyer. A buyer named Alan Kestenbaum, Kestenbaum. yeah, who who, uh who uh Smith was prepared to sell to. Snyder told Smith, We're not going to do that, you're not, I'm not allowing you to do that. Besides, the NFL is never going to approve Alan Kestenbaum as a limited partner. Now, it's unclear from the documents exactly why Snyder said that, but. Smith said, all right, uh, and and sort of stood down. It turns out Alan Kestenbaum the next year bought a percentage of the Atlanta Falcons. He became a partner of Arthur Blank, the owner of the Falcons. And the NFL owners nearly unanimously admitted him into their club. So (laughs) the allegation by Smith and the limited partners, Andrew, is that the reason why Snyder didn't want to sell is because he was worried that there would be due diligence done by mm. Kestenbaum, who would look at the books and who would find out that there were all of these financial shenanigans. And so that's important because now the question is for with the team you know, uh, out there for bid, are people looking at the books is Snyder allowing people to look at the books or is it sort of, you know, the way you buy a house without inspecting it. It's like, well, you can buy it, but you can't look at the books. That's a question. I don't know the answer to, but I want to go to your other question about the limited partners and why they decided to do this. We have another piece of reporting. Fred Smith's son is a man named Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith was the offensive coordinator of the Titans back in 2019 And we have sourcing that told us that one reason why Smith might have decided or was leaning toward not making a big issue out of this is because he was worried about his son's career prospects with the NFL and sort of grudgingly went forward in 2021 with this mediation. And now uh, Arthur Smith is the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. And so perhaps it's a father worried the league would take some punitive uh, action against them if you really tried to make a big issue of this. I have some. I have some sourcing that suggested that to me. Mm. So that's that gets to your question of why would the partners do this? But but look, I mean, the numbers are the numbers, right? And a two billion dollar difference in yeah. less than two years is really striking, and and it suggests that the mediation that was led by Goodell and Pash ended up being a little bit of a fire sale. That, yeah. they, that the that par- the limited partners had to do uh, for their forty percent of the commanders that's now looking at a six to seven billion dollar payday for Dan Snyder.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean the valuation was eight twenty five. Is that correct? 8, seventy five They
0: they sold forty percent of the team for eight hundred seventy five, so roughly a
1: two billion valuation. Right, which is now who knows it could be, but yeah. but, but feels low, right, Andrew? Feels like with low, what we I, know. Know. I mean the, I guess the Panthers was the last sale.
0: In, the Broncos,
1: I believe, right? Well, no Broncos, but I mean Panthers oh. was probably around that time, maybe.
0: It, yes, no, that's that's a good point of comparison. I think the yeah. Broncos was a bit more than that, wasn't it? Two point. Oh, Broncos 2. was four. I know. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant the Panthers. The Panthers, I think, Panthers were two was point two two seven five. Two, that's right. That's right. right. And, and the, the Broncos. No, no, no. You're right. I mean, but I the that, the Washington's a much more regal franchise than much, much more regal franchise of the Panthers, but it has that stadium issue, right? There's no stadium. And obviously that's, I think one reason why we're seeing some softness in the bidding is because whoever buys the team still has to go and, you know, get either public money for a new stadium, or if you're Jeff Bezos write a check for a new stadium. So.
1: Yeah. Speaking of which, you know, my saying, Don, I just feel like with all this bank of America exploring potential transactions Reporting about who got in in the bidding in January. Do they want Bezos? Do they not want Bezos? And this whole, this kind of affirms my thought is that are we really going to see a sale here? I mean, it's like we keep hearing about it, we keep talking about it, we keep hearing about Bezos, no Bezos, whatever it is. But I'll believe it when I see it.
0: I'll yeah, there's it. there's there's certainly some uh, worry. And fear among some owners and executives around the league and i and I met with some of them. I was out in Phoenix for the Super yeah. Bowl this year and met with, with 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 some that uh that Snyder will never sell his beloved team. The team that we talked about he grew up rooting for yeah. uh, particularly to Bezos, who he hates and loathes and despises uh, and blames uh for the Washington Post coverage, which, which was out front uh, on this on this story with the sexual misconduct allegations back in 2020. Um, but from my understanding, there are then is there another camp that I've also talked with that say the signer doesn't have much choice; that he's in such debt, the debt service alone is so much money, and and he's cash poor that he really doesn't have a choice but to sell. Uh, and, and so again, I don't, I don't know which side to believe. There's certainly a a worry that, that this is a bluff by Snyder. Um, but he's, he's run out of goodwill. I mean, we reported that, you know, you remember our story in October about, you know, him telling people he gathered dirt on fellow owners and on commissioner Goodell. I mean, back then in October, you know, even before Jim Irsay came out and said, we have to take a very hard look at Snyder's viability as an owner. He, he the goodwill that he had with everybody, including Jerry Jones, who was yeah. maybe the last of them uh, had eroded and was gone uh, and and including Goodell in that, by the way, um, everybody wants him gone. So the question is whether the owners are going to have, I think, the will to get together and do something that's unprecedented if Snyder digs in and decides not to sell and that's force him to sell. And, you know, they need three fourths of the votes. We've talked about this. You know, I don't know how it's going to shake out again. I lean toward the fact that I think that Snyder needs to sell um, because of the debt service being so high. I can't prove that, but that's just something that I've heard. Um, It might be a billion plus that he owes to bank of America. Uh, That's a, that's a high debt service number for somebody who's got multiple houses and yachts and, uh, and has the lifestyle that Snyder enjoys.
1: Yeah. And you wonder if there is a sale, are we talking a controlling sale, a partial sale, You know, he bought out 40 percent. Would he sell back 40 percent to someone? Those kind of things. Yeah. But that
0: that raises the question, though, Andrew, of would anybody want to be a limited partner with Snyder? And certainly after reading, if anybody reads our story today, you know, I mean, really, do you want to be in for that where Snyder's making decisions about your percentage of the team without even consulting you, without taking board votes and without without uh, you having any information about it? I, I doubt there's many people in this country who have money who would sign up for that.
1: All right, back to Don in a minute. First, I got to give you a word from Rocket Money. Do you know how much you're spending on subscriptions? Most Americans think they spend about $80 a month. The actual cost is closer to $200. You don't know exactly how much you're spending every month. You need Rocket Money. The average person has about 12 paid subscriptions. Think about that. If you think you're the only one subscribed to a handful of services, you might want to double check that. With Rocket Money... You can quickly identify and cancel all your unwanted subscriptions. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels all your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, helps you lower your bills all in one place. If you're like me, I'm one of the 80% that have subscriptions they forgot about, like the streaming service you bought, watched just one show on or that free trial you never even used. You got to stop doing this. Three million people are using Rocket Money. It's saving the average person up to seven hundred and twenty dollars a year. It's going to identify and quickly get rid of those subscriptions, the ones you don't want. So stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions. Manage your expenses the easy way. Go to RocketMoney.com/BOS. That's RocketMoney.com/BOS for Business of Sports. RocketMoney.com. Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA, member FDSE. You know, you talk about partners warning him out, Cadell warning him out, but it just has seemed like over the years, and and this whole quick uh, slap together mediation you talked about, they protect. Why are they protect? Why? and let's not say are. Why have they protected him so much? It can't be because of what you said about a dossier. I mean, do you have any thoughts on the Wilkinson report being buried? All of this stuff. Like, it just seems like the league has gone to great lengths over the years to keep him solvent, at least in terms of being an owner.
0: Well, I think I said this on your podcast last fall. Uh, one thing I know, and I don't want to overstate this, but I just want to say something that I do know. And that is Jerry Jones is in many ways, the shadow commissioner of the NFL. He's the most Mm -hmm. powerful owner. He has viewed Dan Snyder from the very beginning when Snyder showed up at his first owner's meeting in 1999 as a protege, as somebody. And I, and I saw it when I did my profile of Jerry Jones in the summer of 2014, I spent the entire summer with Jerry and. Snyder would constantly call Jerry on Jerry's flip phone and Jerry would light up because Snyder would be ingratiating himself to to Jerry and asking him advice on various things. And Jerry loved that. It was like you were stroking a cat's stomach the the way Snyder played him. And so I'm just throwing this out there. I'm just thinking out loud. Is it possible that Jerry for a long time was covering for Snyder? I don't know the answer to it. But I I throw that out there. Um, The thing that's really troubling is that while Beth Wilkinson is investigating Snyder for sexual misconduct and for that toxic workplace culture, at the very same time that investigation is going on, and we saw what happened, no no written report, $10 million fine, Snyder gets to step away from the team for a few months there's these allegations made by these billionaire partners that Snyder is using the team as his personal piggy bank. And Mm. they are furiously pushing the NFL arbitrator to investigate and do something about it and punish Snyder. And there's no investigation. There's no punishment at the same time. So Mm. for me, those two timelines overlaid to me, that was you know, a big takeaway from what I was able to find out with this line of reporting and why it happened, why it happened, why they uh, protected him as long as they did. I just don't know the answer to that question, Andrew. I wish I did. It's, it, it's, I, I, there's, I think there's only a handful of people that know. I think that uh, Roger Goodell knows. Jeff Pash probably knows, the general counsel of the NFL. And Dan Snyder likely knows. I don't know if more than that know the answer to that question.
1: I'll let you leave in a a minute. I just, where do you think all this goes? We've got, as you talk about the Eastern District of Virginia, looking into exactly what you're talking about. We've got the Mary Jo White investigation. We still got the consumer protection lawsuit from the DC Attorney General, I believe. We've got whatever else is out there circling about this guy. Where do you think we go? I mean, do you think he sells? Do we we have any timeline in mind here?
0: Well, you mentioned the Mary Joe White report. Let's yeah. let's talk about that for a moment. Uh, you know, when I was in Phoenix, I went to Roger Goodell's press conference. I I, I had my hand up. Uh, didn't get called on. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I they they don't pay me to ESPN necessarily to ask questions. That's at a press pretty conference. scripted
1: uh, scripted press conference. Yes,
0: yes, it is. So I was I wasn't called on. But the question I was going to ask Roger Goodell is as is the following. I was going to say if Dan Snyder sells the team prior to Mary Joe White finishing her report, can you pledge today that you will still release the full report? Mm. That's what I wanted to ask. Just very simple question. Very and simple. I've, asked, I've asked Brian McCarthy, the spokesman, that question as well. Still haven't gotten an answer to it. But it raises this possibility that has been floated to me by by sources around the league that possibly the Mary Joe White report is being used to hang over Snyder's head. In other words, if you don't sell the team, we will release the report. But if you do, we won't. And so, again, I don't know whether that's the case. That's why I wanted to ask the commissioner of the NFL the question with the cameras rolling. But that's another possibility that's in the mix here, Andrew, of what's going to happen to go to, to your question. I mean, I know that around the league, they've had it with Snyder. They want him out. He has no goodwill left. Whether or not they're going to force him to do it if he drags his feet or if he's bluffing, I don't know. Uh, but look, hanging over this sale now is a criminal investigation that is certainly intensifying, as we reported today for the first time. And now there's a lot more facts about the way Snyder was running that team financially, and you know that's uncertainty. And any buyer of any asset that's going to spend billions of dollars doesn't want uncertainty and and so I don't know whether it'll depress the price. I, I don't know enough about it to know what the impact will be, but certainly I think it's a, you know, it's a major factor in in uh, the, inve- the criminal investigation anyway, of what's going to happen going forward uh, with the sale.
1: That's a great theory about the Mary Jo White investigation, because I think we all know that either is done or can be done in a matter of weeks or days. I mean, It's been going on so long. We know it's basically what's going to be in there, I think, would have been what was going to be in the Wilkinson report, which is what is in the complaints from the DCAG about this frat boy culture and hookers and all this those kind
0: of things, yeah, but but you know, let me just—I'm sorry to interrupt you, Andrew. Yeah. This is—I had a source this morning who read my story, uh, who um, knows some people with the Mary Jo White investigation, and this source suggested that the allegations that are in my story about this fifty-five million-dollar credit line might actually be something that Mary Jo White wants to investigate sure. if she—if she had not already done so, um, but she may want to if she hadn't done so already speak to the three limited partners. Um, you know, they're all under NDAs, but maybe the NDAs won't necessarily apply. I don't think they're supposed to, according to what Snyder said with the Mary Jo White investigation. So that's another avenue that you could get down. But to your point, yeah, I mean, what's taking so long? And then you start wondering, okay, is it used as a cudgel, right? Is it being used as a way to force Snyder out? Um, Because he certainly doesn't want that report released, um, if it's a thorough report and it goes into these details about his alleged sexual uh, assault. I mean, sure. it's it's a very serious allegation. And one of them that Mary Jo White, I know, is looking at that we had previously reported. And so maybe it's a way for the NFL to force him out. Yeah, we'll, we'll, and we'll see. I agree with that. And I also think that, you know, this
1: three quarter idea, I've said this many times, including when we've been on before. I don't see it. I don't see them coming to a vote to kick him out because, again, the precedent and the other owners not wanting that. But they'd be in litigation for 10 years. You know, he's the, one of the most litigious people on the planet. So
0: that did not go away. I agree with you. Uh, I, I I think the last time I was on, you and I had a little bit of a spirited discussion about this, but yeah. I've come around to agree with you. I think that they that's buying trouble that uh, the NFL owners and the legal office just don't want. They know, as you say, how litigious he is. And I think they want to do it more subtly. They sure. want to do it more behind the scenes. And And look, the, the owners have a huge stake in this. The most important, one of the most important things to every NFL owner is the team valuation, what that number is. And they're going in the right direction. Right. And (laughs) so so the higher the number is, the better it is for all of them. And that's something that actually has gotten overlooked, Andrew. And and, you know, Jerry Jones, we reported back in October was his support for Snyder was beginning to erode. And then I noticed Jerry very carefully chose his words after our story came out that, well, maybe it's not quite that way. Well, as explained to me by people around Jerry, it's because he wants the team to sell at a maximum valuation because it's good for the Cowboys. It's good for the Rams. It's good for every NFL team. If Snyder can get $7 billion as, to, as opposed to 5 billion, five and a half billion. Uh, I mean, all of that matters. Those, those, that billion and a half dollar difference matters to all of the owners. So, you know, a story like today, uh, I don't think it puts a smile on the face of too many folks who are owners around the league because it could impact the valuation and any impact on the valuation hits them in the pocketbook as well.
1: This has been great, as always, Don.
0: Anything before
1: we I let you go, anything you want to add uh, as a final thought on this?
0: Well, I just want to say, you know, one of the things, and you asked it at the very top, uh, as an investigative reporter, that's that's really hard to do is to get documents. And you know, so much of the reporting we do today is based on sources. That's hard fought too. Um, you know, you've got to make sources, you've got to get them to trust you and tell you inside information. And we relied on a lot of them for the piece we did last October, and for the story I did in November when I broke the news that Snyder or the commanders are under criminal investigation in Virginia. But this kind of story, it holds up and investigative reporters will tell you that when you have the documents themselves that are confidential, it gives readers an inside glimpse of the actual issues that were going on, the timeline of the investigation, what exactly happened when the NFL moved to shut down this arbitration, move it to mediation and why. And so I just, I just want to stress that, that this particular story, I mean, I was proud of it because we got the documents. But also, I think for the first time, we're really seeing the issue here. And that is in in, in, in very bright lights, that while the NFL was moving toward a result on Wilkinson, it really wasn't going to rough up Snyder too much, $10 million fine and him stepping away from the team really isn't much. And we never saw a full report and full disclosure. There was no investigation, let alone a full report or even an oral report. There was no investigation when it came time to look into any of the financial misconduct that was alleged by Snyder's three longtime partners. Fascinating.
1: Don, we'll have you back the next time. (laughs) News drops about this guy.
0: I mean, thank you, you, Andrew.
1: You think? I mean, this is not your area, but you think start of the season he's the owner of the Commanders?
0: If I had to bet on it, I'd say no. Yeah, uh, I really think that uh, the next couple of months um, there there will be a sale sooner rather than later. I mean, I think the I think the debt clock is ticking. Like yeah. I said, there's debt service every month on that amount that he owes and. Uh, I think I think the goal is certainly the motive uh, of the power brokers of the league is for him to sell the team uh, by this summer.
1: I agree with you, but they're going to have to pry those fingers off the steering wheel as you and I talk about his identity, what he's known for. Just going to be a rich guy with a lot of debt without this team. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's right. It is. It is his identity and it's the team he loved as a kid. It was his yeah. dream to own the team. And uh, yeah, I mean, in, in that way, I mean, nobody's going to feel sorry for Dan Snyder when he sells the team for six, six and a half billion, whatever the number's going to be, because he's still going to walk away with billions of dollars yeah. in his pocket. But it's a tragic story of what, of what he has done to the franchise he loved as a kid. And I mean, you know, the toxicity of the franchise, the way he's viewed by fans—it's uh, a—it's a tragic story of what's happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, this—you're talking to a, gr- a born and bred diehard Washingtonian, and I hear rot from friends and family, like when. <laughs> like when? <laughs> so your podcast is kind of good news for them.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, yeah, I mean, there's going to be a parade, probably, yeah, right? Definitely. I mean, the day—the de- day that Snyder is no longer the owner. Uh, of the commanders. Yeah. There there could be a parade uh, in the streets of Washington, D.C.
1: Always a tour de force, my friend. Thanks for being on the podcast on short notice on the day another great piece comes out. Thanks, Don.
0: Thank you, Andrew. Always a pleasure to be with you. Appreciate it.
1: Likewise. Okay, really hope you enjoyed that. It seems like we're in this cottage industry with Dan, Dan Snyder now. It's just... More and more, and the guy I want to bring on every time there is something is the guy that writes about it. Don Benata from ESPN, a good friend, incredible investigative reporter, especially when it comes to the NFL. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope you're getting my newsletter, andrew-brandt.com. Hope you're seeing the reels I put out every day on Instagram, Andrew Brandt2, Twitter, of course, Andrew Brandt. If you like the podcast, give us a rating if you would. Always appreciate the comments and share it with a friend. We hope it's a unique podcast that only you can find with the business of sports. Thanks to producer Jack Connell, musical producer Sam Brandt. Thanks to you for listening. I'll be back next week with another edition of the business of sports with Andrew Brandt.